Eight years ago, three nerds created a little independent wrestling podcast that could, but over time, that podcast has grown into not just covering wrestling, but all things under the nerd rainbow. From Marvel to the Muppets, from Frank Sinatra to Count Chocula, from Mickey Mouse to CM Punk. Now, here is some combination of Chad, Zach, and Luna as we welcome you to the IndieCast. All nerd, all the time, exclusively on the WNR. Greetings, everybody, uh, guys, gals, non-binary pals. Uh, welcome once again to the IndieCast. Uh, Chad Allen, Zach Romero, both here with you. Zach, good evening. How you doing today? Doing wonderful, Chad. It's fantastic to be back on the show again here. Um, quick shout out to our previous episode. Uh, we've been really doing, I, I think we've been doing really great with guests this season thus far. We've been having mm-hmm. some really interesting conversations with uh, some of the best uh, wrestlers going right now. So I'm hoping that we oh. can continue that. However, it is an After Dark episode tonight. It is indeed. Uh, I do want to warn you, by the way, uh, wait till you see. I won't say anything because I do I do believe in the the many curses we have on the show. Uh, but if... Uh, a couple of the guests that I have set up come through. Boy, do we have some fun stuff coming up still, too. So that's going to be uh, something to look forward to. But I'm going to say no more because I will ruin it if I do. Um, right, of course. So, uh, Zach, we've got a huge major wrestling news mm-hmm. that, um, as always, we are probably going to be one of the last podcasts to talk about it. Um, but more important than any of that major wrestling news, we have even bigger news than that. We have a new WNRN internet champion. You are absolutely and, correct. You are absolutely and, correct. And I, I think we need to bring that up. Uh, Zach, tell them a little bit about who won our, who won our belt. So after a, uh, a fantastic run uh, by Shaz uh, Boatwright, uh, we have now, thanks to a what looked to be an unbelievable uh, Vine-themed uh, Fatal 4-Way, our new Wrestling News Radio Network internet champion is none other than Ziggy Haim, the uh, the Jewish space laser herself. Um, and I couldn't be more thrilled about it. This is a fantastic champion. Obviously, yep. uh, Jesse and some of our other artists uh, are over the moon about it because we've already dropped like Half a dozen shirt designs. Oh, that's right. Uh, I mean, she's the gimmick.com. She's the uh, Yinger Queen. Very got, she's the Yinger Queen. You got to have the shirt up there for that. That's true. So, so uh, Ziggy Heim, congratulations. Well, uh, former guest of the IndieCast as well. This is true. So, super excited. Hopefully, we will, uh, maybe we'll try to get her, we'll have to try to get her back on pretty soon to talk about winning the belt. Uh, 100%. Fun. Now, so. Chad, as you pointed out, there is all kinds of big news that we need to get to. And and although you you made a remark about us being the last to the party, I like to think that we wait till all the details are in order before also we start true. jumping in uh, first on the scene. But before we get to that news and just after Uh-oh. celebrating our new champ, um, it is time to bring back an old, reliable uh, segment of the show. And I'm, of course, talking about derailing the momentum. <laughs> And so, uh, Chad, since we are so focused on wrestling this episode, I got to ask, on a scale of 1 to 10, how hyped are you and the girls about Warner Brothers Multiverses? Uh, I actually am. So my hype level fell a little bit recently about it, and here's Mm -hmm. the only reason why. They are at this time and have no plans, from what I have heard, to release this on the Switch. This is true. That is disheartening. 
that is the game system, obviously, that myself and the girls use, where we have been uh, feverishly uh, playing the uh, My Hero Academia uh, fighting game. On there, oh, okay. It's become our has become our new favorite. Um, so that's uh, that's what we've been playing. But yeah, so my excitement level fell mildly because of that. However, that being said, um, my friends Colleen and Colin, uh, who are uh, regular listeners to the show, so hey guys. Uh, actually, I talked Colin into downloading it because he has an Xbox. Uh, and I said, hey, by the way, you should download this game. It'll be great the next time me and the girls come over, because sometimes the girls like to come over with me and they'll play games and stuff. Uh, so I am very excited to be looking forward to probably playing it this weekend because I'm supposed to be over there this weekend. So uh, I will have a full review once we get there, but I'm pretty excited to give it a shot. Uh, if for nothing more than I'm oddly excited to play Shaggy, which I never thought I would say. But. <laughs> well, I will tell you that uh, we are corporate shills and we have already uh, participated in the open beta of we course. are playing uh, multiverses on playstation 4 um and so uh we've been playing it and it is free to play which is very interesting right um the positive of that is that that means there's a lot of children playing online and really and i know that you know this for a fact Really, there's no high that can truly match utterly destroying a child's dreams through the art of fighting game. Absolutely. Really just obliterating them is is just a little gift from heaven. Um, so that's the positive to it being free to play is there's a lot of children on that you can absolutely destroy. Um, the negative thus far that we have found is... It is pulling a free-to-play trickery that I was not aware was a thing. Okay. And and and, and I'll go into the description of it. If it gets too in the weeds, then we'll cut it. But essentially, right now, it's, let's say there's 15 characters in the game. And there's, of course, in-game currency. And the more you play online and do-do-do-do-do, you unlock this currency and... You can unlock whoever the hell you want to play as. Um, all well and good. Uh, the 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 price to unlock them is fairly affordable. You'll usually unlock whoever the hell you want to unlock within, I would say, probably four or five wins. You'll have enough okay. money kind of saved up. All well and good. I got no problem with that. However, as part of the one of these free to play tricks that I was not aware of, is every so often. The well, I should say that when you when you boot up the game, there's 15 characters and maybe four of them are unlocked already. Okay. And you can just play them, whatever, whatever, build them up, build up their stats, their perks, the whole nine yards. Great. And then if you want to play any other ones, then you unlock them with the currency. Okay, great. Apparently, just every so often, the game is going to decide that across the board, it's going to shuffle around who starts off unlocked and who is and who is on un- and who's locked down interesting so we were playing for probably two or three days and we were really putting time and effort into harley quinn okay and then yesterday the big like shakeup happened and suddenly harley quinn was locked again and we're like 
what the fuck is this? Right. And all of the the gains that we had made with her, you know, the fact that she was like a level five and we had these these perks and yada, yada, yada. All that was still there. We could still see that. But we had to pay another 2,000 gold in order to unlock her again. And then suddenly Superman, who we hadn't unlocked previously because we weren't dying to play as him, was suddenly right. unlocked at no cost. And that was going to be my question. Do they at least unlock somebody else that you didn't have? So I'm glad yeah, to hear so, that's the case. So if the, if the ratio is there's 15 playable characters right now and four of them at any one time are unlocked for free, that is what is being shuffled. Is okay. The four that are unlocked get to be four new ones, and then everyone else goes back on lockdown again. So I guess the motivation of that is to kind of incentivize you to try other character, you know, instead of just right. sticking to one. But also, it kind of discourages the idea of like, oh, I'm going to unlock the whole roster and then play and do what I want to do. Um, so it's it that I don't love. That one's a little weird. Right. Uh, and you don't, if you unlock them, even with, you know, you can buy, oh, they're character coupons and you don't even have to spend the $2,000 each or 2000 gold each time you can just click this thing and you've got 10 of these to spend and you could just unlock 10 characters right away. Okay. That's all well and good, but I'm thinking, ah, they're going to release another 15 characters by the time this bad boy is officially out and fiddle DD. I'll right. have all these tickets ready to go and I can just unlock them all. No, apparently I'm going to be spending these every couple of weeks when I want to play Jake, the dog from adventure time because I'm putting a lot of time into him or Shaggy or whatever. Right. Um, so I'm a little irritated by that. Um, I, understandable. However, on the other side of things, in this beta thus far, there isn't really anything else to spend gold on yet. So you're just kind of stockpiling it anyway. So it's more of like right. a slight inconvenience. But if they release like a store and there's cosmetic shit and blah, 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 blah. And that's all spending gold. Then I could see it being annoying, especially in like a party atmosphere when it's like, oh, I want to try this character. I'll try that. Well, now I got to spend a fortune to unlock all these damn things for another month or two weeks or however long the trials are going to be um, before it all gets jumbled up again. Um, now, if if there's some kind of option later on where they're like, oh, you can do this and it'll unlock this character forever, then OK, maybe whatever. But uh, as it stands right now. That is my only major annoyance. It's like, hey, I don't want to have to keep I unlocking feel, the same characters every 10 minutes. I feel like Multiverses, though, is going to go the way of uh, a drug dealer in an after-school special. They're going to give you a bunch of stuff <laughs> for free for a while, and you're going to get really into it, and then they're going to be like, hey, you want to unlock everything? 50 bucks. And yeah. a bunch of people are going to slap down 50 bucks to, to do that and get the full the full game from there. And they're going to make a mint off of it. And a bunch of other people will probably, a bunch of other companies will probably start going that route then. It's like, hey, we can release right. it for free. And well, actually, it's funny that you say that. There has been a lot of feedback about like, hey, this was genius because it's our, it's not even officially out yet. And it's got one of the largest like play pool of any you know, fighting game in the, in the community. It's, there's right. so many people playing it because it's free. And, and you know, it'll, it, it, like you said, it's a drug deal thing. They'll get them over time. Cause even if you're like, yeah. Nope, I'm not spending money on this stupid game. Eventually you're going to get to liking Shaggy. And then that little shuffle is going to happen and he's going to be locked down and you're going to go, God damn it. I just spent all this time 
upgrading Shaggy to be like maximum Shag, and now right. I can't even place him anymore for another two weeks or a month or however long it's going to be. And eventually they're going to get your money. <laughs> maximum Shag. <laughs> I assume I assume that's the how the power levels that's, work. I don't know. That's my. But anyway, that's my, uh, that was my stripper name when I was young. Oh, maximum, maximum Shag. Very nice. Um, so it was because, uh, you, you refused to shave. Um, yeah. So, uh, um, so that was my derailment. Uh, the game overall is pretty fun. Um, the, the combos are interesting when Luna and I are not fantastic fighting game players. So it's a lot of unga bunga right now and just sort of sure. slamming things around, but overall I, I enjoyed it. It's fine. It's, it's good. Uh, we also it played Stray, the game where you get to play as a cat. You know, I have a, a sad cyberpunk future, and that's been actually very interesting. I must say, I've heard a lot of good things about that one too, to be honest. So it is; it's very good. It's very interesting. Um, it's one of those things where like games can be art, kind of thing. Like it's telling right. an interesting story in, in a non-traditional fashion. So okay, good. Speaking of good, yes, Vince McMahon retired. Hey, yay! Yeah, things we never thought would happen for 500, Alex. Because uh, I don't know about you, but I was positive. Uh, he was going to be like in the middle of like calling raw and from the gorilla position, uh, in the back and just kill over dead at some point. I, I had no oh, belief I that man would ever he was going to be, uh, in the gorilla position calling raw while actively on trial for sexual harassment. And well, I mean, that could, that could have been a thing too. And I think the, the problem lies, um, in the fact that it sounds like the Vince decided to, uh, to, uh, use some of the hush money. Uh, directly from the WWE's coffers, which was probably not the smartest thing to do uh, in the world. But uh, I am sure Vince never thought he'd really uh, get hemmed up in all of it. So, uh, but he did. So, uh, well, I'm sure he looked over the choices and it was either yank from the office or yank from the joint count with uh, Linda. And he was like, you know what? I'm going to roll the dice. Right. Well, let's. Let's be honest. Do we really do we really think him and Linda are really actually together anymore, though? I, I haven't believed they've actually been together in quite a while. I feel like they have like separate like they, they're on separate wings of that house and nobody's nobody's the wiser for it. So, OK, but. Uh, but do you but think so? So let's talk about this a little bit. So there's yeah. been all kinds of speculation also there's been a lot of like kind of dirty laundry being aired now of course um, freddie prince jr on his podcast talked about how like kevin dunn was a piece of shit and you know you'd be uh pitching you know an idea for a wrestler and he'd be like man they're not hot enough and he would be like well that's six weeks of storytelling down the toilet and then right. conversely that turned into a hey by the way did you know that kevin dunn thought that becky lynch wasn't hot enough for tv and they're right. like what the fuck um, so he's gone. Uh, John Laurinaitis is gone. Bruce Pritchard is gone. Is Bruce now? Did Bruce and Kevin Dunn officially leave? I knew Laurinaitis is gone. Did did it ever I, get officially announced? As, as the far other as two? I've heard, they've either been demoted or have left. Because okay, Pritchard was originally named new head of creative, and then they all switcheroo, and Triple right. H became head of creative. Yeah, and then I, I know I've heard rumors of Kevin Dunn leaving, which. Wouldn't surprise me because he was definitely like Vince's right hand man forever now. So he's he's got no hope there anymore, I wouldn't think. But yeah, I don't know. By the way, yeah, I love the list of people that, from what I've heard, have been told basically to their face that they weren't hot enough to be on television. 
Um, and I find it hysterical. Like Becky Lynch was one of them. I think I remember hearing an interview with AJ Lee where John Laurinaitis told her something to the extent of like, you couldn't be on TV because let's be honest, no guy wants to, no guy wants to have sex with you. And I'm, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Or is this like, yeah, is this a joke true. of some sort? Is this like, so, um, I, I'll say what I did on, I think I said on Facebook at one point here was, um, wrestling for better or for worse is what it is today because of Vince McMahon. So ultimately we kind of have to say thank you to him for it, for the most part. Um, you know, it being the spectacle it is. Um, but then, like, there's been a lot of crap that's, that's come through him and a lot of things that have just made no sense and things like that. I feel like it, WWE maybe needed some sort of change, and this might be the perfect time to do it. And hopefully they they can, you know, rebound off of this. I'm amazed at hearing stories about how many people are also like, well, if Triple H was, was, was in control like a year ago, I would have never left. Um, and I tend to maybe believe some of those stories. I don't know if I believe all of them, but like there's a good chunk where you can look at somebody like Keith Lee, for instance, who, you know, was getting name change and told he had to cover up more and stuff like that by Vince when he was, doing perfectly fine in NXT and, and mm. was insanely, insanely over with the crowd. Um, so it'd be interesting what he could do on the main roster. If, if he actually had the chance to be himself and not, you know, what, what Vince was expecting. So, yeah. Do you think that he's truly retired or do you think this is just a PR move? So, um, I have seen a lot of people have said that, oh no, it's just like, they're just saying this in theory, he's going to be pulling strings behind the scenes. He'll, he'll never really let go, et cetera, et cetera. Um, if it hadn't come out and, and you can look up at the corporate WWE's corporate site, this isn't something I'm just making up. This is something they said that basically they need to go back to about five years worth of expense reports that they have released you know, to the shareholders to correct them now for the like $14 million or so that Vince had used for this hush money. Mm -hmm. That's why he's gone. Everybody right. I hate to break it. that. That's it right there. If he had just like, if Vince had said, you know what, I'm taking money out of my own account and I'm paying these women off. He'd probably still be in charge right now. He used WWE money. He's company money. That's called embezzlement. Yeah. Just, just so you're, if for those of you that aren't aware, that's the definition of embezzlement right there. So, um, WWE is ultimately beholden to its shareholders because it is a publicly traded company. This isn't a storyline, guys. If somebody, if they have to say, if, you know, they've had to come out and say, Vince McMahon is no longer part of these positions. He is officially retired. He is done that pretty much has to be the case because if it comes out that he's still part of it in some way, shape or form, that's going to bring like government watchdogs and all lawsuits and all sorts of things down on the company that they don't want to have to deal with. They didn't want to have to deal with Vince doing what he did, but right. he left them no choice in the matter, which is why he's retired, which is why he's gone. If he's running things like a, like a, you know, like Kingpin from jail, 
that are, you know, well, I guess not from jail right now, but I guess there's always a possibility here. But like, if you think he's trying to run it like a, some sort of, you know, weird crime boss, I think you're getting the wrong idea. They have to do what they have to do to keep this company safe and getting rid of Vince is what they had to do. What so, do you think though? I don't know. I, I, I feel like, you know, it really depends on how much change we really see. Um, because if it's a substantial amount of change, then I would believe like, yeah, maybe he's been sent out to pasture. Um, I know that Tony Khan had a snide remark about how, you know, there's no way that they're going to take talent away from us. You know, there's, there's just because they claim to change somebody out doesn't mean that the product's going to change and da, 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 right. da. So I am curious about that. Um, uh, that, you know, are we actually going to see a substantial change to the product or is it going to just be what it is? And it's just like, all right, well, we all got to live with this. And the problem is much deeper than just one man kind of thing. Right. Um, I, I feel like some, some of the shackles that have been kind of hindering their weekly television shows may very well be let go a little bit simply of things like, um, I question if some of the wrestlers aren't going to have a little bit more flexibility in their like promos, for example. Um, I feel like we might see a little bit more wrestling on the shows, but I, I, you know, like, so I guess we'll really know if ultimately if raw and SmackDown start looking like black and gold NXT, well, then we know that like triple H really has the, you know, has everything going for him here. But if it, uh, I think he's going to find a happy medium because I think, Triple H is smart enough to realize he can't just NXT was one thing and it worked because it was in a smaller venue. Um, it was a smaller, it was a smaller type of show. Now, don't get me wrong. I realized they were doing like stadium shows after a while right. where like they were, but like for the most part, the reason it became so big in an odd way was because of how intimate it was on TV. Um, it's a lot like ECW back in the day. Like there are certain things that they, you know, had proven to work beautifully in ECW that or quite honestly, even in NXT that proved to not work on the main roster. Um, uh, no way. Jose is an example, decent wrestler, fun guy The like the whole conga line thing looked great coming th- through the, like the NXT arena where it wasn't that big and it looked like a real like party. But when you put that on a raw ramp, it looks pitiful. Right. Uh, and, and so, and that just, and that's what, what ultimately killed him. Same with, um, oh God, uh, Rose and the Rosebuds. Why can't I not think of his? Adam Rose. For, well, Adam Rose, thank you. Um, Adam Rose, same deal. Like when that whole like Rosebud party came pouring out of the back at NXT, it looked like, oh, this is really cool. When you put it out on a big stage, it's, it, it loses it. It loses it it's appeal. So, well, here's, here's my thought process. So like with anything in a business, it's, there's no just like clean cuts. So it's not like, you know, we won't really see if there were going to be genuine changes, we're not going to see it overnight. Right. Um, and to that point, they're currently doing, uh, talent tryouts in Nashville. I saw that. And somebody posted, a message that they had received in reference to like coming out to the tryout. And it said, uh, 
I hope you I hope this finds you well. This is Brad Fernandez of Talent ID and Recruitment Division at WWE. Um, I'm reaching out to see if you might be interested in an opportunity to try out for WWE at our upcoming July Nashville tryouts this summer. We've identified you as a potential great fit. No wrestling experience is required as we are right. now focusing on recruiting elite athletes. And many of our current superstars are former college athletes. So obviously that's not something that just came out yesterday. Right. Um, that could have been something came down the pipeline well beforehand. Um, but it's just one of those cases where it's like, yeah, no, they were still stuck with that. Um, yeah. So it's one of those things where we, I don't think we're going to really see major changes um, until, you know, sometime down the road. Right. But let me, let me say this. And I know a lot of people kind of shit on that, you know, whole scenario. It's like, Hey, we're not necessarily looking for wrestlers anymore. We're looking for like college athletes right. that, that we can, you know, that we can basically take from square one. I, maybe am I wrong? I don't totally see the, the issue with that. Like, so you're getting 20 something year old athletes. So, you know, they have the athletic prowess. They have the look. You're obviously picking a, you know, picking a look as well that you can now like shape into exactly what you want it to be instead of getting an indie, you know, like some of the guys off the indies who don't get me wrong. Some of these guys on the indies obviously completely deserve to have their time in the spotlight. But if you can get somebody and mold them to exactly what you want them to be and not have to like get them to forget some of like maybe the bad habits they've learned on the independent scene or, you know, you know, be real stuck in a, a look or a gimmick or a move or something like that that they've been using forever and don't want to let go. I don't know. I don't I don't necessarily totally see the problem with it. Um, well, I think I, I think for most people, it's always dramatic in terms of it's got to be one one thing or the other you know that, right. that, that they can't just go like yeah no we'll take some people who maybe aren't wrestlers yet as well as some indie people and right you know we'll, we'll see what's going on and instead i think it's oh well i guess we're not ever getting indie guys in again because they just want dumbass athletes who have never wrestled a day in their life like no well, it could just be hey they're also looking for that in addition to Hey, we want to grab some indie people and blah, 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 blah. So right. I, I think it's just a lot of jumping to conclusions in terms of it's got to be one or the other when it's like, ah, come on, in real reality, it's, you know, I'm sure, like you said, I'm sure they're looking for indie guys who don't have too many bad habits. I'm sure they're looking for just raw material that they can use, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Absolutely. So it'll be, like I said, the next few months will be actually, and quite honestly, it'll even be interesting once we get to, um, because I think SummerSlam's on Saturday. Like, mm -hmm. you know, let, let's see what, you know, this will be like the first real big, uh, you know, I, I keep, I keep wanting to call it well, a Well, even that being said, but, I, I don't think we can really judge it yet because literally, right. you know, Vin, Vinny's departure was earlier this week. So right. you can't tell me that they have time to like completely rebook the show from scratch. So it's going to be a oh. lot of just wrapping up what the previous era, the previous era was doing. Oh, absolutely. Um, but you can see they are starting to do a few things already because I know they stopped the uh, I'm interested to see what they've got now because they've canceled the Rollins um, riddle match. And apparently, like the riddle injury is supposedly kayfabe. So 
if he's not actually hurt, then what do they, what do they have in store? Because there's there's no reason to cancel that match otherwise, because there's a bunch of people that were looking forward to that match. Um, so it'll be interesting. Like I said, it'll be interesting to see what they what they kind of do with it from here and what little I'm, changes I, I, we I see was, and how uh, it gets incorporated. I was somewhat tickled by the the creative direction of Raw this past week, which was, hey, just everybody take a big shit on Austin Theory because he was Vinnie Mac's guy. Right. I thought that was interesting. But well, um, and good. What can I? Now, now the other um, question is: Do you think that this is going to have a real effect on the Indies at all, or too early to tell? I, probably too early to tell. I mean. Don't get me wrong. I think Triple H always has his eyes on, like, who's that next talent he could pull from the indies. Actually, you know what the funny part is? You know where this is going to affect the indies? I think there are going to be people that people were expecting to go back to the indies and maybe to AEW that might stop and turn themselves back around again. Um, uh, Johnny Gargano, I feel like, will go back to WWE now. Interesting. I think if if Vince were still in charge, Gargano would probably play on the indies for a while, keep being a dad, and then maybe sign to AEW at some point. I think with Triple H in charge, you get Gargano, you get Gargano back. Um, I think now that Triple H is in charge, uh, I think you don't have Roderick Strong looking to comp- keep requesting to leave the company. Um, I question if he doesn't hang around, even though like the obvious lead is for him to go to AEW and join up with the rest of the, you know, undisputed Arab guys. Um, I, I think this might give him the excuse to, to stay in WWE. Um, I'm trying to think of who else had just left recently. Uh, I question now if with Vince gone, could you talk Sasha and Naomi back? That would be interesting. I, I don't like, you know, maybe they can. So I don't know. It's it's hard to say. It'll be very interesting to see, like, and even though I know what Tony Khan said and, like, hey, Adam Cole has five years, Malachi, you know, Black has just about five years left, they're not going anywhere. True, but, like, MJF, you know, contract ends in 2024, from what, I, from what everybody has said. So if he's sitting on the shelf and you're not doing anything with him and then he ultimately, you know, his contract turns out in 2024, what's to say he doesn't, you know, be the next person to make the jump? Um, who else is a kind of a big name whose contract might be coming up here soon that WWE might entice now because you don't have the old man there anymore? True. I, I don't True. know. Hard to, hard to say. Um, but like I said, yeah, I think the, the indies are only going to get hurt in the fact that some people that I think people were expecting to come back aren't going to show up anymore. Um, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing for the Indies. I still feel like they're, I still feel like there's enough people out there on the Indies right now to still have a, a good scene going on. And quite honestly, we talked with DMC last week about a bunch of people that are, should be moving up on the scene to, to, you know, kind of continue it along. So. Yeah, like I said, I, I I think you're right. I think it's still too early to tell if it's really going to have a big impact on the Indies or if it's going to continue to just kind of, you know, snipe talent every once in a blue moon like they do now. Um, right. But, um, but yeah, certainly interested to uh, to see where this all goes and if it is an actual major change. Um, but speaking of uh, former WWE talents, uh, Ric Flair's final match. And I learned today that allegedly he's been offered – 
10 more matches at $50,000 a match. And Ric Flair said, no, he's going out on his own terms. Yeah. I don't believe that story to save my life. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I feel like somebody leaked that out there just because I, I don't know. Flair seems like the type that would, you know, would jump at the chance for the money. Maybe it's just me, but Flair has always, and he's talked about it in his book and he's talked about it on interviews and uh, in his own podcast and stuff like that, how he didn't just portray that life of Ric Flair. He lived it to the point where he's been divorced. What? Like five times now he's like, you know, I've heard he's in, in debt in the past because he was living that, you know, you know, jet flying, kiss dealing, wheeling dealing, you know, son of a gun lifestyle. Um, so I don't know. I'm hard pressed to believe that if he were offered half a million dollars to do 10 matches, he doesn't jump on top of that. I so. mean, unless his body is just really that just not in a good place. I, but I mean, has, has his body really been in that good of a place for a oh, while now? Like yeah. that hasn't stopped him before. So but uh, but uh, so, uh, so what let's talk about the actual match itself what it's supposed to be okay yeah main main event of that show is supposed to be flair and uh andrade el idolo uh his son-in-law uh taking on jay lethal uh who has been working to train rick recently and uh j-e double f j-a haha double r e double t um Mr. White Jeans himself, Jeff Jarrett. Um, so it is very interesting that you have a Hall of Famer, an AEW superstar, a Ring of Honor superstar, and a WWE corporate guy now all in one match together for this show. Um, I find that very interesting. So it does feel like that one time uh, when what? When like Mike Awesome. And Taz fought for the ECW yes. title, but Taz was under contract with WWF, and Mike Awesome was with WCW. And yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely correct. And um, I, I don't like. I, listen, if Flair's output is kept to a minimum, then cool. The match should be interesting. You've got you've got a lot of great wrestlers in there. I mean, let's be honest. I think even if Flair's body is, you know, broken down, the mind, the wrestling mind is probably still there. Yeah, true. Um, he can probably put on a good, though, apparently from what I, I did read a story that uh, I guess Charlotte said that Rick was trying to do a leap from the top rope to the outside during the match. And uh, apparently she had to tell uh, Rick to, to cut the shit uh, that, that like, Hey, how about you? How about you not try to like Randy the Ram yourself in this match and like die right. in the ring type. Of so, um, the, the, the set, the thing that makes me maddest about that show is the overall show actually doesn't look bad on paper. Like there's a lot of really good matches on that show. From what I remember, I feel like, I think the, like, uh, the wolves are fighting, um, motor city machine guns on the show. And there's a, like a match from AAA. There's, you know, a match from uh, the new Japan on here. Like all these companies are sending out some pretty decent darn matches to kind of send Rick off. Mm-hmm. But God damn it. I don't want to give money to this because then like, 
I feel like we're rewarding Rick for bad behavior. It's like, I don't know that. I, I just, I don't want to like, I, I don't want to pay for this and like make it a, make it a thing. Cause then I'm worried that he will go, you know what? Maybe those 10 matches don't sound half bad after all. And we really do have like Randy, the Ram, uh, in, in the situation. So true. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think it's, if you're going to do this, like if you're absolutely going to do this, then uh, doing it as a tag match is the way to go. Yeah, uh, gotcha. And especially with the those talents, I think you can, if anybody is lacking, if, you know, for whatever reason, Jeff Jarrett's having an off night, if, if Flair, you know, isn't able to do all the stuff that he wants to do or what have you, um, these are things that, like, they're, the other people involved are strong enough that they can carry it if need be. Oh, God, I yeah, think- lethal. Lethal and Andrade is a match I would love to see one-on-one. Uh, so, you know, as part of this tag match would be, they're definitely going to be the, the workhorses of this match. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I think I, I think it'll be interesting. I am a little nervous, obviously, that, you know, this is going to be a problem and we are going to get, you know, the wrestler and player dying in the ring. Um, right. But uh, but otherwise, like I said, I don't know. I think I I don't know. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see. So another uh, thing that's interesting to me about all of this, um, and, and as somebody who lately, especially, has been watching a lot of like old NWA on YouTube, so I found a channel that has the old like studio shows. Um, uh, Conrad Thompson, uh, Ric Flair's other son-in-law, who obviously does all the you know the. Uh, like Arn Anderson's uh, podcast and William Regal's mm-hmm. podcast and, and Flair's podcast. Uh, and I guess I think Jarrett has a podcast now that is hosted by, uh, you know, Conrad Thompson's media group, uh, apparently owns the rights to Jim Crockett promotions, the name Jim Crockett promotion, um, which is what this show is being built, built under much like back in the day when, you know, with Flair was part of the NWA. Um, and apparently he's going to uh, hand that over to David Crockett, former uh, ring announcer for and commentator for the NWA back in the day and Jim Crockett promotions uh, to, to let it be back in the family, uh, which I find pretty darn sweet, quite honestly, as, as, as it can be for wrestling. So um, what are your thoughts on First off, Conrad even owning the rights to Jim Crockett promotions, but then just kind of handing it over to the family from there. It, it's interesting because it's one of those cases where, um, similar to when you hear like, oh, this actor died, and you're like, they're still alive. Same kind of thing of like, there was Jim Crockett name to be given. Like that was right. an option at any time. But I just... I was more interested in that element of like, oh, this was a thing still. Like I thought it would have gotten, you know, bought out by something else somewhere along the way. And, you know, some mega corporation owned it and didn't even realize it. You know, that kind of a thing. Um, well, the, the funny part is, I think that's the thing, too, because I think it got bought out by Turner mm-hmm. back in the day when it got turned into WCW. Right. And I just think they I think Turner and Time Warner and AOL and whoever else is part of that conglomerate probably just forgot about the name Jim Crockett promotions because they weren't in wrestling anymore. So who gave a crap where that, where that went to? So true. True. Um, but in any case, I don't know. I think it's interesting. 
Um, it is interesting, kind of the timing of all of this between Flair's last match and this kind of being put back in the news. Um, I, for one, think that uh, there's already too many wrestling promotions existing in the world these days. So sure. I don't think if Jim Crockett Promotions kicks off again and becomes like this new wrestling thing, I'm like, I think the scene has enough. Um, but I don't know. I think it's interesting. I am wondering if they do try to like this, you know, David Crockett just like take this and put it, you know, behind glass and be like, yep, family owns it again and, and calls it a day. Or do they actually try to do something with it? I'll be interested to see if they do anything with it after this. Um, like I said, you're right. There's a billion wrestling companies out there now and we don't need a billion and one, but still, um, Sometimes it's hard to beat that nostalgia pull to see what they can what they can get away with. So even if there was a way, um, if there was a way to just do like nostalgia, even merchandise for it, I think you'd be able to make your money off that. Oh, gotcha. I don't know if you'd be able to do that completely because of like you know people's likenesses and things like that, but I think you you could somehow tie that in. I think you could make plenty of money doing that. I'm sure you could make plenty of money just putting the, yeah, just putting the Jim Crocker Promotions logo on something. There's a bunch of right, bunch of wrestling nerds out there my age that would probably buy. I wouldn't, but other people would buy shirts for that. Like, like the shirts I want, like from back in that day, were like uh, Dusty and Magnum TA had this old America's Team T-shirt that um, I've been wanting to try to find, and I think I found it once on Redbubble, and I can't find it again. Um, but like. I don't know. I, I like, or the old four horsemen shirt. Like, I think mm-hmm. I want to say Arn Anderson owns that owns the four horsemen. Now, uh, if I remember correctly, it's really wild. Like where some of these big name things that were like such a huge part of wrestling history and where the, like the rights are sitting now it's, it's wild how they're all kind of flying around and ending up in new hands like that. But, um, so I don't know. I always wanted that old Four Horsemen logo, like sweatshirt they used to hype on the back of Pro Wrestling Illustrated, and I never did buy it. So the ones with the horses on it. Yeah, the four, like yeah, the four cartoon horses each facing like two facing each direction. Uh, it's like so the you original. mean like the one that's available on FullyGimmick.com right now, seventh there anniversary Fully Gimmick <laughs> shirt, wild horses. Couldn't take us away from being a great merch brand for wrestling. That's right. Uh, Some great designs. Yeah. Some great designs Uh, up there. Oh, you know what? I know this isn't on the list right now, um, but I wanted to to discuss this real quick. I saw a couple of wrestlers. I want to say Tony Deppin was one of them mentioning that, like, they were frustrated at, um, I think it was maybe like Missouri or one of the, 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 middle kind of states um wrestling commission that they were like a pain in the ass to work with or, or they were asking for too much and it kind of became a little bit of like a you know workers rebellion sort of idea of like hey you we should just be getting rid of these wrestling commissions they suck and they just gum up the works and blah 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 and i had taken mental note of that because more and more i'm finding myself on the side of you know what yes I do think a lot of wrestling commissions do need to be reworked. I think certain things that they've got a hard line on are completely unnecessary. 
other things I think they're right in the money. Um, like, you know, fucking, what is it? Like Louisiana, you can't do a pile driver. Like, okay, what is it? 1975? Come on, right. relax. Um, but certain things about requiring, you know, a physical or blood work or a license, like those types of things, I think are not inherently um, bad. And in fact, I don't want to be, you know, a capitalist pig or anything like that, but I actually think if we could clean up a overall wrestling commission, I think every state should have one and Florida should be number one on the list because, Mm -hmm. and I wanted to kind of express this to the wrestlers I saw tweeting about this. I was like, Hey, I know you guys think you want the wild West. Let me assure you, you don't want the wild West. Right. Because for as much as it's like, Oh, cool. And like, you know, fully gimmick fight club and, you know, pushing the boundaries of what wrestling is. Yes. That's all well and good. And yeah, technically you can just throw a ring anywhere and just like put on a show. But then you also have things like, well, nobody has insurance. And so if somebody gets hurt at a show, tough shit. Or, I don't know, convicted pedophiles running fucking wrestling companies and just being like, hey, come on, guys. Don't be dicks about this. Like, let me do this. And and wrestling schools. And there being no, like, actual recourse. It's just sort of like, hey, let your neighbor know. Don't go to that establishment. Like, that's bullshit. And. It's the, that's, that's my thought process this is like, yeah, I get that like bureaucracy is shitty and I'm sure that there's plenty of, you know, commissions in certain states that go overboard. Like I, I get all that, but the, the gut reaction of like, we should just get rid of them all together and just like, let us do our own thing. Yes. That's very great in, in theory, but in practice, there is a lot of negatives and a lot of problems that, that are associated with that, that maybe people aren't considering. Absolutely. And yeah, I never thought I would be the guy who's like, we need more, you know, government in, in our hobby or, or in our special interest. But like, in this case, I kind of think that would help because, and, and don't get me wrong. I, I even said it with DMC last week. If there was a sudden snap of the fingers and, and a, a wrestling commission was in Florida and it was like, Hey, if you are a promoter, you have to jump through this hoop and this hoop and you have to have this much money set aside and whatever, whatever then like, yeah, no, probably chances are we couldn't just like run our own promotion anymore. Like that would probably be part of the sacrifice for it. But you know what? I'm willing to do that if it means fucking seedy, gross people aren't just like running a wrestling school like it's not a problem. Or that anybody or their mother can just say, hey, I'm running a wrestling school. Or hey, I'm running a promotion. Or, you know, pay, you know, paying talent like shit and being like, oh, I don't know to tell you, it's the business. You know, like. There, there are so many elements to Florida's wrestling scene that are problems that That's, if we had a magically a commission that could just be like, yeah, this is the not fun part. This is the boring, serious part about like, hey, we got to make sure that all our shit's covered. Like, yeah, no, I, I would accept that at this stage. Yeah. Any thought, way, any, nope. any, I was going to say, do you want to expand on that at all? Or yeah, uh, no, my anti-Karl Marx uh, soapbox uh, enough? No, you you are definitely the uh, Iron Man side of the Sokovia Accords. Right now. <laughs> I don't want to be. Um, I don't want to be. But God, but that, it's just staring me in the face. That is one hundred percent the side you just came down on there for that, for the most part. But um, no, it, uh, the <laughs> you know again, there. Um, it, it's a fine, fine line between like somebody looking out for somebody else and, and putting 
the proper procedures in place to make sure everything is correct and horrible, ridiculous bureaucracy. And sadly, with our government, the way it's set up, uh, that line gets trampled on constantly. Um, All in all, though, like if could we find a way to do it in such a way that it makes sense that, hey, listen, you have to get licensed, you have to get test everything like you said here, um, you have to have insurance, things like that, then yeah, let's go for it. But the second it starts to like pile into ridiculous bureaucracy or like, you know, price gouging is like, well, you know, the you can have a license, but it's going to cost you $500 or, you know, whatever that is, um, is just ridiculous. I mean, God love it if we could get a whole like nationwide setup on that, but getting in any state to fully agree to something like that would probably be just impossible especially when we're dealing with professional wrestling um right so um but again if it would help alleviate some of those you know schools and companies that are run by you know scumbags and pedophiles then you know what i'll sign up for it myself give me the sokovia cords i'll sign it too just to get rid of somebody (laughs) like that um the part that makes me craziest lately is, is especially here in Florida, where, again, it is the Wild West, the scumbag pedophile still runs a wrestling school and puts on wrestling shows, whereas, like, the place that was kind of doing it right and doing it for charity over on the Space Coast there um, just shut down after six years for whatever for whatever reason. Like, as far as I could tell, like, and I guess I'll, I'll name drop them, I don't care, because I love Kim and Ignite. Um, seem to be doing everything right and are out of business, but that the other scumbag whose name I will not say on the show anymore, um, is still running and that just stuff like that makes me crazy. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough. And like you said, there's definitely situations where it shouldn't be that way. And so, like I said, in, in this case, I do think that, you know, having some kind of governing body could help. Uh, to kind of get things on track and especially like you said especially if it could be something connected to the states because you don't want it to be you know every little every state's its own country and you know suddenly it's like oh well you've got this and this great job you can wrestle here and here and everybody else you need the exact opposite of what you just you're like oh fuck what what am i doing or like you said if it's like price gouging just to like make money or something like that like that's you know that's where that's where the issues arise or at the very least like make it so that there's at least at least like a baseline of what is required and if one state wants to require us you know slightly a little bit more then so be it that state gets to make that decision mm-hmm. but you know much like you know if i drive out of florida and drive all the way up to you know ohio and i get pulled over i can still show them my florida driver's license and you know, I, I have every they right can say to you're not from around here. Well, that that too. But um, but like, it, you know, I have the permission to drive, you know, drive my car wherever I go because I have the Florida state license. So, uh, you know, again, if if we can get a baseline and then everybody gets licensed and then that because they have that license from Florida or what have you, and that means they're OK to wrestle in Ohio or California or whatever. Uh, then so be it. That's how it. That's how it should be. But well, like I said, we've got 
big dreams here in the state. And yeah. one of those dreams is to get this shit in order already. So, uh, Chad, anything else that you, that's on your docket for wrestling news or, or uh, uh, in-depth strategy on Warner Brothers multiverses? Um, <laughs> no, I got to play, but I, I will definitely review very soon here. Uh, no, really, I think all I've got is uh, th- some shit to get in here. It's the, okay. The wonderful shit that uh, you guys get to hear all the time for if you're a regular listener. Uh, follow us at IndyCast, I-N-D-Y-K-A-S-T on all social media. Follow the Wrestling Nerds Radio Network or the WNRN on pretty much all social media now. Uh, follow the Reed Pile uh, and uh, all his, uh, Rick and his uh, lovely bride's wonderful comic reviews every week, uh, both on their Twitter uh, at the Reed Pile every Sunday morning. Uh, as well as right here on the Wrestling Nerds Radio Network. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, follow Alyssa Marino and uh, Let's Get Serial, uh, both on her uh, on her social medias as well as uh, here on the Wrestling Nerds Radio Network. Uh, follow our new champ. Follow Ziggy Haim uh, on her social medias as well, and uh, tell her the IndieCast and the Wrestling Nerds sent you. Follow Fully Gimmicked. Uh, we've got a pop. We got a uh, we got a uh, plug in for them already. Oh, and, and another quick soapbox because uh, yes. I saw this on Twitter. Uh, Ziggy Heem was promoting uh, her OnlyFans, uh, and some douche nas in the comments brought up like, "She's not even nuded. It's such a waste of money." Hey guy, how about you not be the OnlyFans, please? Okay. Right. How about you shut the fuck up? And, uh, yeah, there, and so. there was nothing. There was nothing in the OnlyFans bylaws that said you had to be nude. By the way, you, you perverts. It's unlike the IndieCast bylaws, which which is clearly stated that the hosts must be nude at all times. So I'm nude. I'm nude right now. As am I. And it's yeah. I, I, and you know what? I'm looking, and he's still maximum shag, folks. So with all that being said. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. As always, uh, follow everything on social media. Go buy some merch from fullygimmick.com. And uh, until next time, I am default character Zach Romero. And, and I am Coculus Maximus Shag, uh, everybody. You <laughs> <laughs> sound, like, sound like a like a general from an old war. There we go. Coculus Maximus Shag. Shag. That was a... Uh, I believe that was uh, Julius Caesar's uh, like second in command, uh, from what I remember correctly. Uh, well, you learned a little history lesson, folks. So with all that, we always say, <laughs> "Deuces." Deuces. Well, hope I don't poop today. Here I kill you, again. A jump scare is the Canadian destroyer of horror films. Pardon me. Might I suck my own dick for a second? I'm ready to greet the day, you <laughs> fucker. Every single one of you guys has made a horrible decision. <laughs> it's that dirty-ass Meryl Street. We are, we're touching wieners. We're touching wieners professionally. Ric Flair said fuck a six-pack, and he never lost an ounce of pussy. What I am is a big, queer, stone-cold Steve Austin. Love dick. Birds don't give a fuck about your life.